Hello and welcome to the Big Finish podcast. I'm Nick Briggs and luckily Paul Sprague has been locked in a very small room where no one will find him. But I do have with me David Richardson. Hello, David. Hello. And Lisa Bauman. Hey up. Uh, And, oh. (laughs) And Bob is here. (laughs) Now then, I know you'll all be pleased about that. Who's now, what, what since? <laughs> oh, you haven't been listening to the no, podcast, then, yeah, no, heaven no, forfeit. Well, oh, hold on, sir. Well, Bob said he's a big fan of yours, Lisa. <laughs> he just bought the latest <laughs> Benny box set. So. I take everything back. Yeah, good old Bob. Now then, um, Jago and Lightfoot is what oh. we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Tell us now. It's out this month. Oh. It is. <laughs> it's hurry, the, hurry, hurry. It's the fourth box set, isn't it? It, it is the fourth box set. And God, it's hard to believe. Yeah, it, it's a year since the last one was out, actually. We were talking about <gasps> in the car coming to work we today, weren't we? It's You're slowing down, down a bit, aren't you? Oh, oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't feel <laughs> we'll, like it. We'll be speeding up again soon, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's, a, it's really exciting. We've got so many people in this series. I know, and I, I love these scripts. I'm yeah. really, we, I think we're both quite a fan of this series, aren't we? Yeah. Well, hold, hold on. Wind back a bit, because there may be some... Some people who are listening to this who horror of horrors have never heard Jago and Lightfoot. I mean, look, we're a potted history. Yeah, I mean, obviously they must know that they're two fantastic characters from the Tom uh, Baker story, The Towns of Wayne Chiang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it all started when David Yu commissioned a Companion Chronicles, mm-hmm. which featured them. Yes. That's the Mahogany Murderers. Yes. Murderers. And it was, <laughs> it was lightning in a bottle on the recording day, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, it's a, that's a really good way of describing it, actually. I mean, I, I think... A, we, we knew, well, certainly I personally knew that both actors are brilliant and great. I looked at the old DVD of Towns. them. Christopher Benjamin and Trevor Baxter. <laughs> and um, I'd looked back, I happened to have a, a DVD, I just happened to have a DVD of Towns of Wing Chiang because my brother's in it. So I, uh-huh. because of curiosity, and I watched it and we turned up on the first day, didn't we, on that Companion Chronicles day and they hit the ground Mm. not running I mean sprinting bouncing it was extraordinary I think what's interesting actually is I offered them the chance to watch some of Talons before we started recording (laughs) the mahogany murderers (laughs) Um, and they said no actually they wanted just to go in and and pick it up after 30 years without having seen it again and I'm not even sure they've seen it since yeah they actually did watch a bit but it was actually the outtakes it was the bits between and they were short they didn't want to see any no they didn't want to see the performance no Um, and what what they're doing now is so close to what they were doing on telly it's almost organic isn't it 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 is and also vocally they haven't changed no Uh, which is also you know when you're thinking of you know gentlemen of a seniority uh, in terms of age, voices do change, but they just—they've got the energy. They've—they've they've got the banter. I mean, between them, they—the fact that they hadn't seen each other for thirty years and the mm. kind of chemistry they have outside the booth and inside the booth is—we're we're so lucky. I mean, they're yeah. fantastic. And everything comes from them. I think. Yeah. You know, the, the atmosphere in the studio, yeah. uh, the tone during the recording. Mm. Um, I know when the writers are writing the scripts, they are working with Trevor and Christopher's yeah. voices in and their heads. I, and I the... think, actually, that that's the strength of it as well, because the writers have absolutely understood their rhythms. Yeah. And they've, you know, they've created such brilliant characters. They're the odd couple, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they don't, you know, yeah. there's the, the very serious scientist and there's the the sort of strange, bumbling fantasist of a ex-theatrical impresario, <laughs> isn't there? And why they get together and investigate infernal 
thing is. Yeah. And the interesting knows, but thing, it works, doesn't it? Yeah, the interesting thing, though, is if you watch Talons of the Wind Chain, they don't get together until the end of the story, no, practically no. the end of the story. Yes. No. Um, and it's really, you know, that they spark off in those final two episodes, but it's only really in these audio episodes that they've become this sleuthing couple. <laughs> so it was really successful for the Companion Chronicles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how quickly did you try to get a series made, David? As um, if I didn't know. <laughs> well, you know me, Nicholas. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned it almost immediately. I think it took us about a year to actually get a series together. Um, and on the back of how well the first series was coming together, we got a second one very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I said recently in an interview in Vortex, I kind of thought we'd run four years with it mm. um, because generally um, there's a bit of a law of diminishing returns in yes. series, isn't yes. there? You expect by about the fourth year um, mm. people have, have got used to it. They don't necessarily continue buying it. Um, that doesn't seem to have happened for mm. Jago and Lightfoot, which is... I think David's also been very clever with the planning of the series because it's it's very easy to stick to the same formula. Now, obviously, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but there are times when, you know, you get into a safe rhythm and a safe rut. And I think what's happened with all four of these series is that there's just been a shift of gear, shift of dynamics slightly on each one without losing the quality that was good about it in the first place. And I, I mm. think it's, it's mixed it up a bit so it doesn't become... Yeah. We don't become complacent about it, I think. No, I've enjoyed that, but we're, I think we're going back to sort of safe territory Oh yeah. after this, don't we? We, yeah. we go more back to the formula. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, there's always series. going to be a little... Danger's the wrong word. I think it was cur- I was curious to see how the dynamic would change, firstly with Leela and then with Professor Dark. Oh, well, this is the thing. Now, could you tell me how the, the storylines have been developing from series to series? Right. Um, series one and two um, were basically... They were standalone cases of Jago and Lightfoot investigating different strange happenings in Victorian London. Um, but gradually, as we've been building along through the series, there's been little mentions of little clues as to what's coming next. Um, mm-hmm. Series two ended with Leela arriving from Gallifrey, um, and she mm-hmm. became a big part of the second series. Um, and at the end of series three, and stop listening if you haven't heard the end of series three, <laughs> um, a very mysterious character called Professor Claudius Dark was oh, introduced, yes. um, played by Colin Baker. Um, so there's 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 a lot there's a big enigma around Claudius Dark which you will you'll learn a lot more about him in, in the coming series. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had which great... is out this month. <laughs> <laughs> we had great fun in teasing him out through through yeah, all those episodes, absolutely. didn't we? And and I think you've already mentioned in the Vortex interview. I, I love the villain. Villains. Yeah. In, uh, I don't quite know how to tease that one. Out. Yeah. Uh, in in series four, and that I, I'm very teasing. I'm, yes. Yeah. Uh, I I I adore it. Them. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting if you, if you listen to series four with the idea that actually it could have been the end of Jago and Lightfoot. I think it does yeah. come to a very lovely. End yeah. and then, but you know, there's a. But that, okay, the, the take one, me through the individual episodes. Then, what's um, the first one called? The first one is called Jago in Love, oh. and I believe it tells you what it's about. Yes, and it says what it does on the box. I'm going to credit Lisa for this idea because oh. we were chatting in the car one day when we were driving we were. to work, um, and I said to you, "Are there any ideas you you, you think we should include in Jago in Love, or what would you, what would you do?" And you said, oh, I think I'd have Jago in love. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. God, so we've done an episode called Jago in love. <laughs> should, we have a, should we have a clip from that Oh, episode? go on then. He's being possessed, all right. But not by a demon. By what then? If I'm right, 
by Cupid's arrow. Someone was shooting at us in the theatre. I saw no crossbows, no warriors. Mr. Jago, where is your wound? Show me the warrior who shot you, this Cupid. I shall slay him. I don't think there'll be any need for that, my dear. Have you something to tell us, Henry? I have secured an audience for us with that divine creature. What creature? Miss Abigail Woburn. The singer? It was the singer that shot you? I am <clears throat> interested in procuring her services at the new Regency Theatre. I'm sure you are. If you'd prefer, I'm willing to interview the young lady myself. No doubt you would find the thespian wheeling and dealing quite tedious, very specialised. I quite understand. I think perhaps we should come with you, Henry, in the interest of propriety. There we are. That was Jago in love. And it is a really oh. sweet, lovely episode. I, again, I, I just wanted to add what's so wonderful is is that these characters are not just stereotypes. The, uh, all the writers have been able to scratch the surface enough of them and the performers, have, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've got to credit them as well, for, for making them completely A, believable and B, likeable. You know, there are moments when they have fleet of clay and moments when they're heroic when you don't expect them to be. And that just really adds to the, the colour of, mm. of each story. And I, I love the fact that we can key into emotional stuff as well as doing all the, the comedy. Yes, yes. Next episode is Beautiful Things Beautiful by things. John Dorney. Yes, where we have oh. the uh, inimitable Oscar Wilde. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we did an episode, I think it was in series two or three, where Lightfoot mentions that he'd known Oscar Wilde and said, oh, I, don't, I really didn't take to him. I didn't, didn't like him at all. And I just thought, oh, God, we've got to do an episode with Oscar Wilde in it now. So I, I emailed Justin and said, look, Oscar Wilde, series four, now. Uh, splendidly played, I have to say, by Alan Cox, yes, who hit it ah. absolutely spot on. Yeah. It was Moriarty to my ah. homes. Yes. And, and again, it's a really sort of imaginative, yeah. um, really very funny episode, but... Blimey, there's a speech in there that breaks my heart, actually. Mm. I know which one you're talking about. It's, it's yeah. just, yeah. yeah it just Should we have a clip? Go on, then. Yeah. Why, thank you, Sir Edmund. Your opinion of my play is almost as high as mine own. Your palate as you credit. If you proceed to the dining room, you shall find the finest foie gras and champagne, if you can endure the evening taking a downward turn. Good day, Mr Wilde. Congratulations again. What a tedious bore that man is. Uh, Mr. Wilde? Ah, my enigmatic acquaintance. Your play was magnificent, but I expected nothing less. A thing of wonder. You thought so? Two of the actors were somewhat overmannered, I felt. But the words themselves were divine. As angels' tears, your gift shines through. Indeed, like the pillar of fire, though the darkness comprehends it not. We burn daylight, sir. Let us not parley words. You came here to offer a proposition. So I did. Well, then offer it. Or do you come merely to tease once more? As you wish. Tell me, Mr. Wilde, what do you regard as the first duty of the artist? There we are. Hey, what's the next episode, then? It's called The Broken Clock by Matthew Sweet. Um... Which is... Um, you can't give too much away on this one, can no, we? No, yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that the, the arc that's building through the series is really kicking into yeah. uh, mm. play now. Mm. Um, and it's basically, I, I suppose, a trap that's been sprung. It has. Uh, and it, uh, it's a good role for you in this, isn't well, it? Well, yes, yeah. I got old Ellie. Yeah. I, uh, I have to say, it was, it was great because we had Victoria Alcock in playing... Uh, she was terrific in it, playing out one of the characters. And uh, I had a terrible time saying 
a tin of Huntley and Palmer's biscuits in a Cockney accent. <laughs> Huntley and Palmer's... And, and, and she had to help me because she is the real deal. And uh, and it was pathetic, from my point of view, I mean. Not from hers, but she, she was absolutely splendid. Can you do it for that. us now? No. <laughs> no, no, don't put yourself no, no, on the spot. No, no, don't allow no, no. me to do that to you. That would oh, be awful. Oh, all cans of Huntley and Palmer's, yes. No, but it's it plays with time, it plays with reality and all sorts of exciting things. And there's a, there's a nice dark Victorian mood to it. Yeah. Great tone. Should we one. have a tantalising clip? Tantalises oh, if, Nicholas. If it were possible, not to <laughs> give too much away. Yeah, exactly. See if I can find something. Five o'clock. Well, that can't be right. I had this in hock, you know. Fellows jiggered with this. How singular. Mine's the same. Well, that's not good. What do you suspect? Repercussions. Repercussions? We have lost an entire night, Professor. Our fob watches cannot tell a lie. Perhaps we went on a spree. Perhaps two ladies we don't remember are about to remonstrate with us for shortcomings that we don't recall. I favour a less fantastic theory. What's that? Some malevolent force is interfering with the pattern of time. Yeah. There we are, and the final episode. The final episode is The Hourglass Killers by Justin Richards. Um, And I think it's a terrific script by Justin. I think it's possibly Mm. his best for Jago and Lightfoot. Yeah, I do, and I love the imagery in it as well. I think it's great. Yeah, he's he's firing on all cylinders for this one in terms of his imagination. It's uh, terrific stuff. And it's a very big, action-packed, climactic end to the series yeah. and um, we, we kind of got into a nice little routine of doing huge cliffhangers for Jago and Lightfoot <laughs> and we're doing another one here oh it's a, it's a corker this it is one. a corker well this won't... won't be the cliffhanger but here's a clip good doesn't look much from the outside does it once you get through the oh, door Henry please they do ask for absolute silence oh, apologies won't happen again why must we be silent so that people can concentrate on their study there are so many books so much learning and knowledge. The greatest collection in the Empire. I'll be bound. That was for you, Professor. Do keep it down. Right. Let's see if we can find someone to help us find what we need. There was no need for that. A cliffhanger. That was a cliffhanger, yeah. A cliffhanger. cliffhanger. So, oh, so, you know, there's going to be more then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're already, we've already recorded Series 5. <laughs> uh, series 6, I'm just waiting for two more scripts to come in and then we'll be recording that. Oh, and we, we've got ideas for Series 7. I'm so pleased you've, you've said about Series 7. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. It's just, I just, well, I love it. I'm biased, but, you know, it's good yeah. stuff. We're just very lucky we have happy times on we it. We do, very happy times. Yes. Well, you've done a fantastic job, oh, for both you. of you. Uh, it's a really brilliant series. And it is available... <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprisingly. ...this month. Bigfinish.com. My subscribers get more, you may have heard. Yeah. Apparently. Any final words? Oh, the he end. always says that. No, no just, go, just go and enjoy... You always have about five. <laughs> Not no, until just... you finish them, then I think of them. <laughs> no, just go and enjoy them. That's all you can do. Yeah. I hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Yes, exactly. That's a very good sentiment. Then you'll enjoy it a lot. Hooray. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Beware the sphere. Beware Skagra. Beware 
Shada. Come on, Ramana. Come on, K9. We've got to go back. Back to Cambridge, 1979. Ah, Doctor, how splendid to see you. You too, Professor. This is Romana. Ship, welcome home, my lord. My ship, tell me of the one called The Doctor. You brought a book from Gallifrey to Cambridge. Yes, just a few knickknacks, you know, and you know how I love my books, Doctor. It's the book itself. It's atomically unstable. It seems to be absorbing radioactivity. A book's doing that? Yes, I think it's very, very dangerous. We must find the professor. Do you know him? Hardly at all. He just lent me a book. A book? We've been looking for a book. It is a very dangerous book. And I have been very careless with it. It is the key to Shada. It would help if we knew who Shada was. Who or what? How naive, Doctor. How pathetically limited your vision. Limited? Take over the universe. Oh, how childish. Welcome back to your ship, my lord. What is that? Estimated arrival of life form in this command area in 21 seconds and counting. What? Canine, why on earth didn't you try and tell me sooner? Doctor, look out! For a dead man, Doctor, you are extremely ingenious. Genius, genius, genius.